<laughs> All right, we're going to get into the word of the Lord. This is not going to be uh, big time sermonizing or anything like that. I, I want to share some, some scriptures, and I want to share my heart today as a pastor for the generation that is coming behind us and for our families. Uh, I, I, I believe that there is and always has been an all-out attack on children. Amen. The enemy hates children. He hates the seed of the woman. He hates the unborn. He hates our, our, our children. He doesn't want to see them grow up to live godly lives. There's an attack on the family. I believe all of that is under an assault. It always has been. The enemy hates the family. He hates life, and he'll do everything that he can to snuff it out. So as, as a parent, um, you, you quickly come to understand how daunting of a task it is to raise children. There's a lot of opposition. There are a lot of uh, things that are competing uh, for, your, for your, your children's heart, for their affections, buying for their, um, for their desires. And um, it, it's a job to be a parent. It is a job to be a parent. It's a big job. I consider it my most important job, the most important job that I have. Uh, I'm absolutely, utterly in, in, imperfect, flawed, but I'm going to do everything that I can to live for the Lord and to raise my kids to live for the Lord. You don't have to be perfect. None of us are. It, it, it's a matter of desire. It's a matter of our care, compassion, and concern for our children. And that's it. If you've got that, you'll make it, and your kids will do well. Um, I, I, I realize we, we need help. We need help. As a parent, my need is more evident than ever. What I lack is more, more, more evident than ever. Um, it's not an easy job. As I look back, the great help that I've had has come from the church, the body of Christ, being connected, being plugged into the local church. When, when we resigned our church in Texas, I remember going down to uh, San Antonio. We were in San Marcos, drove down about 45 minutes to, to have lunch with uh, Pastor David Cook. And, you know, he thought I was, and, and it was a heavy thing, you know, resigning from a church that we wanted to continue to lead. Problem, we had problems there. It, it was a heavy thing, and he thought I was probably coming because I was down in the molly grubs and I needed to be encouraged. And so he spent all lunch trying to encourage me. And it was nice, it was kind. And I said, Brother Cook, I appreciate your kindness. I appreciate your, your love for me, but the real reason that I'm here is I need a church. I need to belong to a local body. And so we, we plugged in there at International Bible College just for one year. We traveled most of that year preaching. And when we were home, we were at International Bible Church, the first church that you saw pictured up there. And um, you know, the, the, the support of that church, I, I remember you know, his daughter, Elisa, and her husband, David, were, they'd reach out to our kids while we were there. They'd take them and play basketball in the gym with them, just the little things. But the support that came from Brother David, the, the encouragement, I can go on and on about it, but the great, greater point that I'm trying to make is that we, we can't do this alone. We can't raise kids alone. In fact, everything in our life works better when we do it in community. When we do it in relation to other believers, and we have a strong support system in our life, 
we're going to do better. That's God's intent. That's God's design. We were not created to fly solo. We weren't created as parents to stand alone. Now, it, 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 now having said that, I, I take parenting, Noah, Nathan, Jensen, Bethan, as it's, it's my responsibility. I'm not putting that on anybody else. I don't expect you to raise my kids. I'm thankful for the contributions that this body and other believers have made into my kids' lives, but the responsibility to raise my kids is squarely on my shoulders. Amen? I own that. It's it's my job. It's my responsibility. So uh, I want to talk to you about this a little bit, and and really it's a message about the partnership between the family and the local church. So uh, I want to talk to you about being good stewards of a great heritage. How many of you know our kids are a heritage? Amen? Amen? They're they're a gift from God. I want to look at the 127th Psalm. It says, Behold, and this is, by the way, a break from our Philippians series. We'll get back back to that possibly next week, the Lord willing. But Psalm 127, I I love this passage of Scripture. Psalm 127, verse 3 through 5. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. That statement is just so profound. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. It's it's a blessing. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. Another another translation says joyful. We'll read it here in just a minute. But joyful. It's a joyful thing to have children. I mean, there's no greater blessing that God, no greater gift that God gives us than our kids. And they are gifts. It says that they are a heritage from the Lord. That word heritage means a property, a possession, an inheritance, a heritage, a portion, or a share. God's given us a share. He's given us a possession. But the reality is they're not really even our kids. They belong to the Lord. I thought about Hannah as I was studying through this. And I was studying this week and learned, I don't know that I learned as, as much as my understanding was really expounded about God's comprehension of family and of children, the value that he puts on that. And just as I've studied through scriptures this week, just a greater appreciation for family and, and for the younger generation that, that's coming behind us. And possibly some sermons coming out of that, not ready to deliver all that just yet, but I, I thought about Hannah and what a beautiful picture she is. This woman understood this concept that our kids are a gift from God. Barren, unable to bear children, went up to the house of the Lord and prayed, inquired of the Lord, pleaded with the Lord that he would give her children. Her, her prayer was so passionate that, that when Eli came upon her, he thought that she might be drunk because she was so passionate in her prayer. But she called out to the Lord earnestly, inquiring and asking of him for a child. And her son Samuel was a miracle. God gave her, a barren woman, the ability to conceive, and she brought forth this child who would go on to be the great prophet of Israel. Think about that. 
But in her words, she says, look, I'm going to give him back to you because you have lent him to me. And she took him up to the house of the Lord. And every year, the Bible says that she made provision for him. She would, she would come up every year to the house of the Lord. She left him with Samuel, or with Eli, the, uh, the priest. <coughs> and every year she would come with her family, and she would bring, the Bible says, an, a linen ephod, and she would bring that for Samuel. She made provision. This is an ephod. It was a garment for worship. She made provision for a spiritual life. Even though he was in the house of the Lord, even though he was being reared by Eli, she made spiritual provision for his spiritual, or I guess I should, we, we could say natural provision for his, his spiritual life. She was concerned about it. She understood this concept that this child is not mine. We all as parents need to come to those terms that the children that we are raising really aren't ours. They belong to the Lord and he's allowed us to be stewards. We have gotten a good heritage from the Lord. And we need to be good stewards of that great heritage. So it says in verse 4, the passage that we read, that our children are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Right? Our, our children are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. I talk about this a lot. I probably have mentioned this here before. But you know, our, our children are like arrows that we get to direct in this world. I'm going to read a quote to you here in just a minute from Matthew Henry on this, uh, this idea. But our, our children are arrows that we get to shape. My wife could get up here and tell you, I, she's related to me before because she's such a great preacher. But uh, she's, she's related to me the, the craft of making arrows and how those, uh, those craftsmen straighten the bent arrow. Uh, we want to make sure that our, our children are straight arrows and that they fly straight and that they hit their mark. Right? And sadly, what happens is most parents blindly shoot their, their kids in, out, out into the world. Whatever they want to become, they can become. Whatever this world makes of them. That's, that's, we, we wouldn't put it in those terms, but that's kind of the approach. You know, we just send them off to school and let the school shape them and the culture shape them. And really, God has given us the great responsibility of making sure that our children are shaped for their God-given purpose. I believe that every life that comes into this planet has a God-given purpose. God has said, Ecclesiastes, the world's in the heart of man. Every man, and that, that, that just, without going into too much deep, what, uh, depth there, what, it, what it's saying is that God has set an eternal purpose in the heart of every single man. There, there is, as I look at my children, there is an eternal purpose written over every one of their lives that God foreordained from the foundation of the world. I want to send my children out into this world that, so that they would hit that mark, not, not the one that the world says they need to hit, not the one that the culture is trying to influence them towards, but the mark that has been set by God. I want Noah to hit that mark. I want Nathan to hit that mark. I want Jensen to hit that mark. I want Bethan to hit that mark. It's challenging. How many of you know it's challenging to raise kids today? I mean... We as parents are dealing with things our parents, and I'm not saying our parents had it easy, but we're dealing with things our parents didn't have to deal with, with the transgender stuff, with all of the political stuff, with all the things that are being taught in schools today, with uh, everything that's available through uh, media, various outlets. It's challenging. 
We have to na navigate that. And th the more you ponder that, the more you realize what a daunting task it is to raise children in this world. It, it really is. We, we need to be purposeful. I, I would encourage you, pray over your children, parents, and discern. You know what Manoah's question that, that he had whenever the angel of the Lord appeared to him and, and Hannah and told him she's, she's pregnant, she's going to conceive? First, he celebrated. You know what he did then? He called the angel back and he said, okay, this is awesome. But he asked a question that we as parents should ask, how should I order the child? In other words, as the steward of this child's life, how do I direct his path? That's a question as parents we need to pray and discern of the Lord, what, what is the, what is the God-given destiny over my child's life? It's something that we have done from the very beginning with our kids. We understood these concepts on, or, or, <coughs> excuse me, early on in, in raising our kids, and we begin to pray these things early on. Lord, what is the prophetic destiny that you have set over my child's life, and how can I help to shape that child to reach that mark? We need to pray these things. We need to inquire of the Lord and ask of these things. Our children are, are, are gifts given to us by God. It's a, it's a very biblical concept. We see it all throughout Scripture. I'll give you just one Scripture uh, to kind of emphasize this. Genesis chapter 33, verse 5. The Bible said he lifts up his eyes, he saw the women and the children, and, and said, Who are these with you? This is uh, Esau to Jacob, and, and, and he said, The children whom God has graciously given your servant. You see, and, and that, that's just one verse. This is all, I was reading through the scriptures. This is all throughout scripture. The understanding that children are gifts that come from God. That's why I'm passionate about this Promise Family uh, services down in Eagle Pass. Those, those children in the womb are sent by God. Amen. Right? We, we need to fight for them. We need to fight for life. And it is, hey, we, we say we're pro-life. Here's an opportunity for us to step up and put, put some feet to it, right? We're passionate about this thing. Our, our children's lives matter. They're ordained by God. They're, they're, they're sent to us from heaven by Almighty God. Amen? And they have destiny and a purpose. It's a, it's a glorious thing. They're gifts from God. This is a biblical concept. They're gifts to us, and we're, we're called to steward them. It's our responsibility as parents to raise our children. It, it's not the church's responsibility. It's not the educator's responsibility. It's, it's not the community's responsibility. I'm thankful for teachers. I'm thankful for pastors. I'm thankful for the people of God who have imparted the good things into my children's lives. They have been a support system to us. But it is our responsibility as parents to raise them. Having said that, there, there should be a, a, a partnership, I believe, <clears throat> between the church and the family. We should be working together to raise godly children. As a pastor, that's my heart for parents, is that we will be able to provide a system of support to our, our families, whether it be parents, grandparents, uh, the nuclear family, single parents raising their children, whatever it is, we want to be a support system to help in raising those children and help to help them make sure that they're getting what they need in their spiritual development. 
How many, you know, I won't even ask you to raise hands, but I'm sure if I did, if we would be honest with ourselves, many of us would raise our hands and say, we, we don't know where to start in all of the vast things of the kingdom of God. Where do we start and how do we teach our kids these things? It's a daunting task. Let me just encourage you to start. Just start. If you're not doing something, just start something. Start something new. We started something new this year. We started, uh, as a part of our homeschooling, reading every single day with, with the boys, I'm reading a chapter of the Bible. We've been through Genesis this year. We've been through uh, this school year, Genesis. We went through the Gospel of Luke. We're about to wrap up the book of Acts now. We're reading a chapter a day. We're watching videos that ex- expound on those chapters, that explain the content of those chapters, and then we spend time talking about it. If you don't know what to do, start somewhere. Start simple. Start with one, one, one Bible verse, one chapter a day, and teach those things to your kids. But we do. We need to develop a system to help to raise children. And it, it, we, we did the attack, uh, was in November or December, the attack on biblical illiteracy. We're, we're raising truth. We, we, have to, we have to look at this truth the, of American culture and deal with it. We're, we're sending kids out of our churches without a God awareness, without a biblical worldview, without a grasp on the Holy Scriptures. Most kids graduating don't know the Bible. It's a very prominent pastor. Uh, I heard him speaking a, a while back about this very thing, and he talked about how he had a, a, a Christian school at their church, and they were graduating kids and he went, started going to the seniors and asking them about Bible verses, and they had no clue what he was talking about. He said, hold on a second, we've got to back up. We're a Christian school, and we're graduating kids that don't know the Bible. We're doing something wrong. We, and we do, we, we, we've, got to, we've got to take a halt here and say, well, hold on a second, how do we change this? Our kids should not grow up without an understanding of who Jesus is, what the Scriptures say, with a firm grasp on the word, with, with biblical concepts, a biblical worldview. The Jews lived a lifestyle of teaching their children the word of God. They did it every single day. It was a part of their education. Every, <coughs> excuse me, I'm battling something here. Every, every day they were, they were uh, memorizing, they, and the kids memorized the Torah in the Jewish culture. The first five books of the Bible you can't even stand to read numbers. They memorized it. You think about the difference in their culture and our culture. I, I was thinking about this yesterday. How, how much do we have wrong in our American culture? How much have we accepted, just because it's the norm of the American life, that really is a detriment to us? So many areas of our life, but in raising children. I, I was thinking through several things. One idea that kind of came to me, we, we wait till our kids are 18 to start treating them like they're adults and they should take re- responsibility for something. That's wrong. You know, men in the Bible were getting married at 13, 14, and 15? See, we've, culturally, we've shifted mindsets, and I'm wondering, are these things inhibiting our ability to successfully raise our kids? And I, I don't want to overburden my, I want my kids to be teenagers, I want them to enjoy life, but I've already started teaching them responsibility a long time ago. They have chores. They work for their money, right? 
I, I'm just, and I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I'm just saying what, where have we slipped into, into mindsets that are hindering us as parents in our ability to raise fruitful children? Why is it that men are living in their basement to 30 years old today, waiting till their mid-30s to have children? See, we've, we've embraced things culturally that are destroying us. We need, we need to stop and think about those things. So let, let me get into this. I want to I share a few points of vision for us as a church. I'm going to talk about three things quickly. Our, our children's ministry, our, our, our youth ministry, uh, I guess four things. Small groups for parents and vision for education. So number one, children's ministry. We are committed to provide all, as a church, all resources necessary to have a successful program for our kids. I recently sat down with, with Angie, Angie Dennis, who, who's leading our, our kids' program, and, and she does an awesome job. She is dedicated. She's here. She, she comes in every afternoon. She's got a great team. The team's grown since COVID. I mean, COVID wiped out kids' ministry, youth ministry, here as it did in, in many churches. So we're really, in a sense, rebuilding. But she's done a great job. We've gotten new teachers in there. She's doing a, a fantastic job. Angie's here just about every afternoon preparing things for the weekend to come. And she spends a lot of time, puts a lot into it. I sat down with her, and I challenged her. We're going to take things up a notch this year. It, it'll probably be around school time. We're going to roll out new curriculum. It's going to take our kids through the, the entire Bible in three years. Amen. <laughs> So, so if, our kid, if kids start in our program in the first grade, by the time they get to the third grade, end of third grade, they're going to have gone through the Bible once. They'll start over again in the fourth grade, and we'll be able to duplicate that. The, the, the curriculum, they, they have young kids, first through uh, third grade, the older kids, fourth through sixth grade. They've got junior high. They've got high school curriculums, and it, it takes kids through the entire uh, Bible. It's going to give them a, a Bible, a biblical worldview, and understand they're going to know all the stories of the Bible. They're going, to, they're going to be acquainted with that, and they're going to understand what that teaches them about Jesus. It's a Christ-centered curriculum. It's going to point to Jesus the entire way through. So I'm looking forward to that. We're going to roll out a lot, a lot of new, new things there. So a new curriculum, uh, catechism, catechism. Many, many of you don't know, and I, I, I'm still struggling trying to figure out how to use glasses. So I feel like an idiot up here with these things. When do I put them on? When do I take them off? <laughs> I'm going to throw them away. I'm going to memorize all my messages from here on out. Getting old. <laughs> Where was I? Catechisms. Many of you don't know, prior to coming here to, to southern Indiana, we lived in Minnesota, and part of my job there, I was the children's pastor. I had never done that before. The church we went to help, Pastor Kurt Juzak, they needed help with their kids' program. And so I stepped in there and shaped out a new kids' ministry. We built a new facility in the basement. We did the curriculums, programming, all that kind of stuff. And then what... What I did my last year there, I worked on a, a catechism. Now, some of you will think, well, are we going to be Catholic or what? <laughs> catechism is actually, it comes from a Hebrew word in that, in that passage, uh, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child. And that's where that word, I forgot the exact Hebrew word, but the root of it is, is the root word for catechism. And it, and it means to train a child. So we're, we, we're, we're developing, a, we, we developed while there a spirit-filled catechism. We looked for one and couldn't find one. Most, most of the catechisms that are out there are from a cessationist viewpoint. They don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And so we, we created, we took parts of those catechisms, and we created for our church a, a Spirit-filled catechism so that our, our kids would, would know the basic concepts of Christian doctrine by the time they got through our program. 
We created cards we sent home with our parents. So here's how we're partnering. This is not something our, our department's gonna do for our kids. This is something we're gonna do together for our kids. We're gonna get this going here. We're gonna send you home with note cards every week that's gonna give you tools to help to catechize your children at home to reinforce the lessons that we're doing. It's, it's, a, it's a tool. If you'll take that, your kids are going to know the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, the armor of God, the Ten Commandments. They're going to memorize basic Christian doctrine concepts. You'll have theologians by the time they graduate high school. <laughs> and then VBS. It's the last thing I want to talk about, about for our kids. So Eileen is, is, is rattling the coffers for VBS. Thank you for your faithfulness to do that. She works hard to get VBS funded. She works for months. Our team's already been working since, I think, January to, to get everything prepared for VBS. We, we do a phenomenal job here. I think last year we had more volunteers than kids. We had over 50 volunteers. I think it was 54, something like that, 56 volunteers last year. Steve, Steve relayed a fact to me that when he first said it, it scared me. He said, we spent $900 last year on background checks for VBS. I'm like, whoa, 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 900. But then when I thought about that, money well spent. Amen? Peace of mind to know that our kids are safe. And the good news is that those background checks are good for two years, and we don't have to do it for everybody again this year. But don't you want to know that your kids are safe? It's money well spent. But let, let me encourage you. And, and, and here, here's my plea today before I go on to the other topics. I want 100% participation from our church in raising the next generation. You don't have to do it every single week, but I would love it if everybody in our church would find somewhere in this body where you can plug in to sow into their children's ministry, VBS, youth ministry, find a way to plug in. If, if you're interested in helping out in the, with the kids, go see Angie, Angie Dennis. Don't come see me. I'm going to send you to her. Go, go see Angie. Volunteer. We need more help there. Volunteer. Plug in. I want, I want to serve in the church. Okay, go see Angie. Or contact Eileen. She's, she's already got 20-something, I think, volunteers signed up for this summer. She's working it. We need more. We need more volunteers. Amen? We need help there. So just, just a little plug there. Let, let's move on to youth ministry. We, we just brought on a youth, a youth pastor, uh, Nick Brown. This is something that I wanted to do uh, from day one. We took our time. We, we had interviewed, I think, one or two other couples prior that just they didn't work out. It was, it was really the hand of the Lord. They're doing well in other places in ministry. But we, we've landed with the Browns. <coughs> Man! I think I brought it back from Texas. We've landed with the Browns, and I'm thrilled about it. Now, Nick and Elizabeth are here. She's, her 98-year-old uh, grandmother uh, is ailing, and so they went to visit their family this weekend. But phenomenal people. If you haven't gotten to know them, please do. And go, when you introduce yourself, volunteer. Pastor Nick, I want to help. I want, I want to get plugged in. We've, we've got a lot of awesome things going. Nick's already got a discipleship, going, discipleship program going for our kids. He started walking them through a curriculum called the Purple Book that is phenomenal. Christian foundation, doctrine, solid stuff. And so he's, he's already started taking our young people through that. Uh, we're going to have fun activities. I mean, you name it. Volleyball, kickball, all the things that you, I don't even know what they like, like to do anymore. But we're going to have all of that, but that's not going to be the main emphasis. The main emphasis is going to be raising 
young people that know Jesus. That's Nick's heart. I love that about Nick and Elizabeth. They, that, that's their heart. They want to disciple young people to a place of maturity in their spiritual walk. I believe they're going to they're gonna do that. I saw, I saw a meme. Um, I probably could have found it and plugged it into our, our media presentation, but it was a meme. It, it was a cruise ship. I forgot exactly how it was all worded, but it, the, the idea was that we treat our kids like it should just be some big party. And the, the way, I can't remember exactly the way to word it was basically, our kids are going to hell, let's play volleyball. <laughs> and it, it, it hit, it, it just hit right for me in the moment that I saw this picture. Like, we're entertaining our kids and not getting their hearts for Jesus. Amen. We, we, we're going to entertain them. We're, we're going to do all the fun stuff. You name it. Laser, laser tag, jumpy, bouncy house, whatever it is they do. They'll do that. But I, I believe that we have in Nick a young man that understands the need to make sure that these young people have a relationship with Jesus Christ that they're going to carry on into their adult years. I believe that. that that's, that's Nick's heart. That's my heart as a pastor. What I wanted to uh, see there when we, when we hired, we didn't really hire, when we brought in a, a youth pastor, Nick's got a job, but when we brought in somebody, that's what, I, I wanted somebody with ministry experience and that had that heart that was going to uh, shape and build them. And uh, I think we found that in Nick. I'm excited about that, thrilled about that. Um, intern program. I want to see an intern program here. And, and while we're talking about young people, Austin Thompson, thank you, buddy. I'm proud of you. Amen. Are you 16, Austin? 16-year-old young man who faithfully, week in and week out, serves back there in that media booth. That's awesome. I, I can lift off, lift off, list off several others. I know Grace and Noah and Jensen and Nate, a bunch of our youth that are, that are serving on a regular basis in some capacity. We want to see more of that. We do. I'm, I'm going to work with Sean Alexander. We've done this in the past. I'm going to work with him, and we're going to try to raise up a, an intern program for young people, either in the summer or for homeschoolers or something like that. We want to raise up programs that are going to help young people get their hands on ministry, get experience, get, take them to outreaches, Get them greeting at the door. You, you name it. We want to get our young people plugged into those types of things. Summer camp. How many of you have ever been impacted at a summer camp? So we're, we're planning a summer camp. Uh, I, I saw a picture uh, this morning from uh, Phillips, Wisconsin. The IMA churches gathered together for their winter retreat. They had probably about 300 kids crammed into a sanctuary uh, for their winter retreat. They have an amazing youth camp up there, over 600 kids. That, that attend their summer youth camp uh, up in the North Central District, the IMA. We're, we're working to get something like that going, and it's going to start this year. So we're, we're planning in June a summer camp. And we're going to work, we, we, we've, we've got other churches that are going to be involved. I, I want my kids to have a worship experience like I had. I want my kids to connect with other believers from other churches. I want them to have fellowship. I don't want to be uh, some closed off church where they don't relate to anybody else and it's us four, no more. We got all the truth, and everybody else is lost. All that mentality. No, we're, we're going to fellowship with, with, with people who love Jesus. Amen? I believe the word is true. And I want my kids to do that. Amen? And so we're, we're working to plan and to build a youth camp. Uh, Nick and Elizabeth, you, you're going to start seeing week, uh, probably every weekend, uh, every week, some kind of fundraiser. 
They're, we're gonna raise money for this. We're gonna keep our costs low. We're keeping the, the camp under $100 per camper. And I, I've been checking, the, the camp up in North Central District is over $300. And that, that's pretty typical for youth camps these days. We're gonna keep it under $100 for our kids so it's affordable. We're, vision, I'm talking vision. We need to do this. It's important that our kids have these experiences. I had an encounter with Jesus as a teenager that, that every time I got drunk as a young man, I would go back to that encounter that I had with God. It kept me through all those years. I, I want my kids to have that kind of experience that, that's gonna mark them for the rest of their life. And I believe a camp is a great place for that to happen. So moving on, small groups for parents. We, we're gonna have groups where parents can come together and we can equip together to go raise kids. Amen. How, how do we discipline? How, how do we nurture our kids? How, how do we instruct? What, what are tools? What are resources? Places where parents can come together and help encourage each other. I'm struggling with this. I got behavior issues with my kids. I got this, I got that. Where we can come together and we can encourage each other. So that's, that's something that's on our radar, something that we want to do. All right, and then last thing I want to say, and we're going to wrap up, is, is that we, we have a vision for education. We have a vision for education. Our, our leadership is praying about the direction for that. That's all I'm going to say about that. But I, I want us to, to have a strong arm of education, whether that be through some kind of a, a K through 12 school or a homeschool co-op or something like that. It is vital. It is vital. Nonsense is going on in public education today. And that's all I'm going to say about it. A bunch of nonsense. And thankfully, thankfully, this is, this is a statistic that excites me. Over 45%, at the beginning of this last school year, over 45% of the children in the United States of America are not going to public schools. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. They're, they're, either going to, they're, they're opting out of public schools and either homeschooling or getting a, a private school education. And I say, good, good. Our public school systems are failing us. Amen. We should hold our leaders accountable for that. But in the meantime, we need to provide other options. And we plan to do that as a church. That's days, weeks, years, months ahead. But that's in our vision. It's something that we, I, I believe we need to educate a, a generation of children that have a walk, a strong walk with Jesus Christ. My personal vision, I'm going to wrap up with this. My personal vision, this is a burden that I have. I want to, I want to see 100 young people sent to the mission field, and I want to see 100 young people plant churches. That's what I want to do with the rest of my life. Raise up a generation of missionaries and church planners, our young people, our youth group, our children's church. By the time I'm an old man, they're going to be old enough to be missionaries. Well, I'm almost old now. I'm getting there. <laughs> Kitty, it's all a matter of perspective. <laughs> Let, let's stand together. Let's stand together. I, I, I wanted to do this because I think it's important. This stuff matters. I think it's important that our church hears me as a pastor communicate this. This is on our radar. These are things that we're working through. Uh, as a pastor, they asked my, my pastor said this one time. He said, people ask me what I do for a living. I tell them I'm a juggler. And he, he, when he mentored me, he said, you know, you gotta, you gotta be a lawyer, an accountant, you know, all, all these different things. You, you gotta know Sunday school and youth ministry and outreach. And that's what you end up doing as a pastor. You end up spinning plates, keeping everything going, right? Let's keep our youth going. Let's keep our prayer going. Let's, 
You're constantly trying to keep everything going. But I want you to know this. This is on our radar. This is something we care about. This is something we're praying about. Our leadership as a church, we're praying about you know, what, what systems, what structures can we, can we put into place that are going to help us to be able to reach the next generation. They matter. They matter. Last thing I'm going to say. I, I said that a minute ago, but here we go again. In closing, in closing, famous, preachers, famous uh, words of the preacher, right? In closing. It is a partnership. We're going to make strides. We're going to invest deep and heavy. But if you don't participate, it won't benefit your kids at all. I want to encourage you, get your kids to youth, get your kids to church, get them into the kids program, get them to VBS, get them plugged in. Amen? We're going to do everything that we can to try to build systems that are going to disciple kids to follow Jesus. Plug your kids into it. Amen? Does that encourage you? Amen. How many of you can buy into that vision? Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to pray and dismiss. And I like the way Pastor Bill closed his sermon two weeks ago. While I'm praying, if you need Jesus, I want you to come to the, down to this altar and I'll, I'll pray for you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for our young people. I thank you for families. Lord, I, I just pray that in a time where there's uh, all, all kinds of opposition and all, things, all, all types of struggle coming against us, I, I pray that our parents would be encouraged. I pray that you would help us as a church to come together to support one another, to build one another, to edify one another, Lord God. Father, I pray that we would be able to effectively raise our young people to know you, that we would not be a church that misses a generation. That we wouldn't come to a day in the future where we're all old and gray-headed and there are no young people in our midst. Father, help us to come alongside these young people. Lord, I know there's many challenges that they're facing. The temptations, all of the things that are coming at them, Lord God. I just pray that you would help us as, as pastors, as leaders in the church, as parents. Lord, to come alongside our young people and to impart the things, Lord God, that are going to fortify them and cause them to stand, Lord God. Father, I thank you for it. I give you praise for it today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.